0: The folks who designed the lectionary readings uh, must be trying to tell us something. We get to read and listen and preach on Philippians chapter two, verses five through 11, today, then on Palm Sunday, and for good measure in the middle of next September. What are they trying to tell us? Paul is addressing his favorite congregation. He has heard that there is some friction in the first church of Philippi, and so he begins by telling again the story, the story of Jesus, the story that transformed them at the beginning, the story that continued to shape their lives as God's people in that place and time. But the friction has come to Paul's attention, and it's serious. Now we don't know exactly what the friction was and who caused it. What we have is Paul's solution to the friction. He speaks of encouragement to one another, the incentive of love, participation in the fellowship, and the affection that they should have towards one another. And this is Paul's foundation for that community. But it probably is a good foundation for any community in Christ at any time and in any place, including us. Paul regarded certain behaviors as inappropriate to the body of Christ. And no, they're not about sex. The selfish eye, the pompous mind, the ear hungry for compliments, The mouth that spoke none, the heart that had little room for others, and the hand that only served the self. And Paul says that there is a way, an approach, an orientation to life, to others, to self, to God, which need to characterize those who are in Christ. And Paul calls this way the mind of Christ. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Now, I don't think Paul was talking about knowledge or that thing between our ears. He's talking about a common attitude, a mindset, an orientation. For if they were oriented towards divisiveness, party spirit, playing the game of one-upmanship, they would not have the mind of Christ if they are oriented towards control, manipulation, or abuse, they would not have the mind of Christ. So there's a question that hovers around this portion of Philippians. It's a question that's always bugged me. What would it look like if we had the mind of Christ? What does it mean to be oriented to Christ's outlook of service? What attitude would dominate our thinking and our behavior towards not only each other, but towards those who are powerless, homeless, loveless, and friendless? I believe Paul's words were challenging the dominant version of reality of those folks in Philippi. They valued their imperial connections, their privileges, their advantages as subjects of Lord Caesar. Roman culture, not unlike our own, valued force, competition, honor-seeking. The world-defining claims for much that Rome held dear were denied by what Paul holds up as central to God's activity in the world a slave's role chosen for the sake of others, not insisting on one's own position or promotion. The story told by Paul and the rest of the church denied the story that was being told by Rome. There is one Lord, Jesus whom God has raised from the dead and to whom everyone else will bow and confess. And it was a dangerous story to tell in a place like Philippi. But the world in which we live is no more welcoming of this story, no more open to this mind that was Roman Philippi. We are inundated with narratives that promise life is found in superior force in acquiring the best looks, the best clothes, the best cars, the biggest bank accounts, the nastiest weapons, the best stuff. We are told in a variety of ways that life is secured by our winning socially, economically, politically, religiously, and everybody else losing. There is little room in contemporary life for the claim that the obedient death and resurrection of Jesus is the story of God's ultimate victory, the defining reality, reality for the world. So we keep telling the story. Today, and again on Palm Sunday, and again in the middle of September, we return to this text because Paul makes it clear that the death and resurrection of Jesus is the truth which shapes us as God's people. Being God's people does not mean comfort, superiority over others, or life of competition and winning. It means being joined and conformed to the death of Jesus. And by God's grace the story of Jesus becomes the church's story. It becomes our individual story. Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 11. Let's hear again what God has done. Loved us to death in Jesus. And what God will yet do by bringing us and all creation to worship, to confession, and to the glory of God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.